Hello and welcome to the Be Better podcast where we believe every area of your life has a little more potential you can tap into and that it is completely possible and available for you to get a little bit better in every area of your life. I am your host, Clarissa Parody, and I have trained and worked in the worlds of business, strategy, leadership, and performance. And I'm the person who believes and creates success where there appears to be ceilings. And if you are the type of person who wants to get a little better, whether it's in your personal life, your professional life, your love life, you are in the right place. It is a great day to change your life. Let's go. Excellent, excellent. Welcome back. This is the Be Better podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Parody. And with me today, I have a new friend and she goes by Alessia Sculpt on all things social media. So if you want to find this fabulous woman, that is how you find her. I'm just going to jump and read your bio and then we can chat away. So Alessia is an entrepreneur and influencer with a mission to make the fitness industry a more inclusive and supportive space. Through her company, A Sculpt Body, Alessia creates digital low-impact and minimum equipment workout classes with the goal of improving holistic mind and body health, not rapid transformations. Let me tell you people, there is something about incremental shifts and this girl has got it down. A sculpt body's workouts aren't about achieving a certain weight, body shape, or clothing size. They're about creating space for you to feel good on the inside and relieve stress and find mental clarity and focus. They're about giving your body the love and respect it deserves by showing up for yourself. Alessia began her fitness seriously in 2011 after her mother passed away. Her mom had always been super passionate about fitness, and so exercising helped Alessia feel connected to her during a challenging time. Working out became Alessia's ultimate form of self-care, energizing both her body and her mind. Alessia saw the power of exercise and had wanted to empower as many women as possible to make movement an important part of their everyday lives and reap the benefits too. Today, a Sculpt Body community has hundreds of women who are all about achieving balance while doing workouts that truly feel good. Oh, I love it. I love it. That is, that is such a powerful thing. Well, think about it. Like I can remember, uh, before I even let you talk, I, I, there was a point in my life where I probably like looking back, I would have wor- I was working so hard to have a specific look and I looking back, I was like, wow, I really, really, really looked good back then. And, and I didn't appreciate it. I didn't feel good. And so, you know what, you can chase whatever it is that you want to chase, but if, if there is a disconnect between where you are and a sense of fulfillment or joy, grace and ease, wow, there is room for it. And it's so lovely. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chat all things, workouts, balance, all the things that I love. (laughs) Oh, it's such a thrill to have you here. And for those of you who are watching, she has this, like my favorite color of sweater on burnt, rusty, orange, brownie, 10 out of 10, big fan, big fan. Wonderful. My brand, my brand color, but um, my brand color is orange. So this is like a, it's like a, a shade, different shade. Different I'm here for it. There's it. like, there's some depth to it. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. So like, let's just dive right in. It sounds like, yeah. I mean, everyone has stuff that gets them to where they are. And so I'd love to hear like what got you. I, I mean, we talked a bit about your mom passing in 2011, but I'm, I'm sure there's a whole journey that started there. So tell me about how did you get here? You, you're empowering hundreds of women. What, what made Alessia Alessia got her here? Absolutely. Well, I actually was not athletic at all growing up. I didn't play any sports. I was like the, you know, average at best in gym class. Um, I was the least athletic person. Um, my family always tried to encourage me to, to, you know, get involved in sports and things, but I think I just never really found something that I connected with. Um, but my mom was really into fitness and she was going to workout classes almost daily, um, until she couldn't anymore. So she was diagnosed with skin cancer, um, when I was a teen and she did treatment, went into remission. And then a few years later it came back, it spread and she ultimately passed away from melanoma skin cancer. And, um, the fitness studio that she used to work out at almost every day, held a workout class in her honor um, to raise money for the hospital that she got treatment at and then ultimately passed away at. So I being the really, you know, not athletic, not sporty gal that I was at all. um, I said, let me go to this class to support and just like, you know, as a thank you for what they're doing in honor of my mom. And I did this class and 
it was so hard. I can't, I, I have like distinct memories of like gasping for air, feeling really dizzy. And all the women around me were older because my mom was 48 when she passed away. So the general like, you know, um, type, like, type of person at these fitness class, older women, 50s, 60s, and they were killing it. And I was like, this is so embarrassing. Like, I cannot believe these women are killing it out here. My mom used to do this every day. And honestly, I walked out of that and I realized like I need to make a change because I'm, I'm young, I'm, I'm able. My mom could work out every day before, now she can't. Like, how, can, how am I not like, you know, making the most of this and, and really energizing my body and, and doing that, right? Um, that was the beginning of my workout journey. And from there, I started going to more workout classes. I started going to the gym. And when I started my career in finance, so now I own my own online fitness platform. It's all body. Um, and I'm a content creator and all the things. But I actually worked in finance for almost 10 years before that. Um, I'm a CA by education and background. And when I started my career in finance, I was working out really as like the highlight of my day, like the escape that I needed. Cause I was working really hard, really long hours. It was grueling. It was honestly a few years were very, it was a toxic work environment, which we can chat about. Um, that was really, really tough mentally. And my workouts were my feel good escape. They were mm. the highlight of my day. They were what I looked forward to. Um, and so when I was in finance, that's when I really got into fitness um, and really grew a love for it um, and, and wanted to share that with the world, with other women and empower other women to feel what I was feeling, which was so much joy from it. And I think working out, so many people, they dread it and mm. they, they just, it's like, it's this mental block. Like it's this thing you have to do because you know it's good for you, but you don't want to do it. And I'm on this mission to share with everyone that like, it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be this scary, overwhelming, dreadful thing. It can actually be like a really fun and important part of your day that you look forward to, which is why, you know, you don't have to do the most grueling intense workouts ever. You can do workouts that you actually like. Like the, I always get asked, like, what's your recommended workouts? Like whatever you will actually do, I love, you know? Um, so that's sort of how I got to where I am today. I ultimately I actually left my job in finance um, about a year ago to pursue my fitness career full time. And now I run my business and I'm a content creator. And I've never looked back. Making the decision to leave finance and pursue fitness was one of the hardest decisions of my life. It was leaving a life of comfort, of security, financially, you know, emotionally, all the things. I was thriving. I could have had a really great career in that space but I knew in my heart that it wasn't for me and I didn't really know what this other side of life was going to look like but I knew I had to dive in I took a sabbatical where I did both at the same time for a while um, but then ultimately decided to, to dive fully into this life that is incredible and for those of you listening if you're in a space where you know you have that amazing security of a, of a bi-weekly paycheck or a monthly paycheck and it literally there's a pull to be elsewhere. There's a calling to be elsewhere. You're le and you don't do it. You're leaving it untapped and you might have some questions later on. And as Alessia pointed out, she could have totally killed it in finance. She was doing, she was thriving. She, she battled a toxic work environment, but wow, what a, what a way to bet on yourself and take a leap of faith. What did it take? Actually, let's rewind. Let's go back to like yeah. where, where it was toxic. So you start, your mom has passed. And is that when you start working out and you're in finance? So I was in university when my mom passed away. I was okay. in uh, in between my third and fourth years. So I did one more year at school. And then I worked um, at one company for three years. And then I switched jobs. And that was the toxic work Right. Yeah, it was um, a handful of years at that, uh, at that job. It was um, kind of like, if you can imagine like what, you know, finance, like investment bank, it wasn't investment bank, it was corporate bank, but what that kind of world looks like where, mm it's like really high pressure. You're put on the spot all the time. You're working, you know, really late, really early. You're always kind of on call. You're expected to respond to everything immediately. And people aren't that nice either. <laughs> like everything is like, you know, in, said in a, not a kind way. It's like mean. <laughs> Get it done now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, exactly. I'm glad. I, so, I mean, I haven't known you that long, but you are so bright and shiny that I can't even imagine 
what an environment like that would do to someone who's a, a natural light in the world. It, br- is- it really brought me down. I'll tell you, I was not like this for a few years. It really? really dimmed my light. Yeah. I became really hesitant, really unsure of myself. I, 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 I lost a lot of the confidence I had and it's taken me a while to bring it back. Like it was tough. And I had one boss specifically who was honestly a, a nightmare and, and he was a big reason um, for how, how I was feeling. But I really, I, I do feel like I lost a little bit, a bit of me during that time. And it took a lot of work to get back to this place not like trusting myself, you know, I think I questioned myself a lot during that time because of the environment that I was in. Absolutely. And like, I'm just going to acknowledge you for a second. So your mom passes in between your third and fourth year of university. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anyone's ever lost someone close to them. I have unfortunately experienced a lot of loss in my life, uh, but the, what it takes to show up when mm-hmm. you're like, grief is a bizarre experience it's bizarre. Like you can, you can be totally fine and you can be laughing one second and then remember. And then it, mm-hmm. it, I don't even, so I don't even know how you did it. Good for you. That is remarkable. It is incredible. I mean, everyone processes grief differently, but if, if it was me, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I would have done here for, I might've taken a break and that's incredible. And you kept moving forward. So for the listeners out there, it, life can throw some things at you. Life can life Mm -hmm. you, take you out at Mm -hmm. the knees, take the things away from you. Like the things that have been the most, probably the most constant in your life, most Mm -hmm. likely the most constant. And wow. Like you came out on the other side. Absolutely. It was really tough. And like you, I have experienced a lot of grief in my life. I feel like that was the beginning of it. Since then Mm -hmm. I've experienced a lot more. That was the most it was like, until then, I didn't really understand that things could go that way because I had a really beautiful, loving, normal, you know, quote, upbringing. I, I, I was really sheltered from a lot of that and that happened. And it was like, whoa, like I realized like things, bad things can happen to me. And I don't think I really knew that before then. Mm. And since then I have experienced a ton of grief. Um, but what I've learned is like one foot in front of the other, like, it's, it's, it's really like a slow process and it's like one day at a time and yeah. you know, you're in it and you're like, you just don't even know how the, how you could ever get past it. And it's like just one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other every single day. And I did take some time off. Um, I was supposed to work. I actually had an internship the summer that my mom passed away and I didn't do it. I just told them what happened. And I said, I, I can't, I need time. Um, and then I'm really glad I did that because I think if I had tried to push through, maybe taken a few weeks off or something and then gone back to that job, I think I wouldn't have, like, I think it would have delayed those feelings and I would have, it would have been harder later. So I took three months off and I really like just processed and I spent quality time with friends and my family and I just did things for me. I did a little bit of travel and then I went back to school in the fall. And I'm, I'm glad that I actually, you know, paused that mm. summer. It wasn't long, but it was still a pause. I think it's really easy to like, when you're going through loss or any sort of, any sort of grief, it's really mm-hmm. easy to just like fill that time with something else. And right. I think it's really important to feel it first. Feel it. And it sounds like you also had prioritized connection. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is a whole oh man, human connection. What a game changer. You want to change your life, get in the, get in the world of quality human relationships. Okay. So you, you do that. You take some time off. You finish school, you go into job one, Mm -hmm. you go into Mm -hmm. job two. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like what I love about the story of, of Alessia is that, okay. So that tragedy amongst others, but definitely a defining moment for you is your mother passing. And it, and like you take a pause and I mean, I don't know if this is maybe how you felt, but like, for me, it would make me a puddle. Uh, and then you build yourself back up a little bit and then you go through mm-hmm. something and then you have this other job and it kind of turns you again into a human puddle, a puddle of, a oh, person. Yes. And, yes. And, and you continue to rebuild. So before we even hear the story, all y'all know right now, you can be a puddle <laughs> and become mm-hmm. solid again. So that's, that's really amazing. So you in your, in your second job where it wasn't so great, you became hesitant and unsure. Mm-hmm. And is that the job that you also did the sabbatical on? Yes. Okay. Yes. So walk us through this. How did you? Yeah, absolutely. You had energy to take on something like this and build a business when you're still like hesitant and unsure that takes something. It does. It really does. And I really 
went where my energy was. Because if you think about it, like from an outsider's perspective, it's like you were in this toxic job. How did you even make the time to teach fitness classes and then start thinking bigger picture about your business and then start planning and everything? But it's like, really, that was where my energy was. Like that, looking forward to that and planning that and doing all that is what got me through the really tough times when I was in my toxic job, you know, like crying in the bathroom because I'd just been like screamed at type thing or told that I was, you know, like dumb or not to speak during a meeting again, like things like that. Like I'd be like, well, thank goodness I have this thing to look forward to. And there was a really long period of time where I thought it was just a side hustle. I thought, well, I'm doing this. It's the happy part of my days. I love sharing my love of movement with other women and it's really resonating, but this is just like, this is what makes me happy. And I just, you know, I just do my full-time job because that's just what I do. And then there was one day where I came home from work, like super upset over whatever had happened that day. And I realized like, does life really need to be like this? Like, it shouldn't be this hard to like, go to your work and like, you know, live. like it just, it just, it just clicked in my head that like, there's actually other ways to do this, to like, wait, there's the possibility of waking up and actually looking forward to the day that you have. And of course there's things in every job that you don't love, but to actually like wake up and be like, I'm building a career and a life that I love. I realized it's possible. And that's when my mindset started to shift from okay, this is my side hustle to like, all right, what steps can I take to increase the likelihood that I could do this full time? It was like that. It wasn't like, oh, suddenly I'm going to quit my job. It was like, what can I do every single day, every single week that like, if I decide that I want to do this full time, I would set myself up well. So originally I was teaching in-person fitness classes um, a few times a week. And I love that. But then it was like, wait, if I'm going to do this full time, am I really going to be teaching fitness classes at six in the morning at the gym and at 8 p.m. at night before and after people are done work and like making money only when I'm there physically, like training people or teaching classes? I was like, mm, no, this I don't think is realistic. And I don't think this is going to give me the lifestyle that I want. So I started to think bigger picture about how can I start my business online? And this was before COVID. So this was me thinking, how can I create an online fitness platform that is scalable, that I can grow with and that I can do from anywhere and that my members can do the workouts from anywhere too. Um, and at the same time, I had been taking a lot of fitness classes that I was getting injured at. And mm. they all had a lot of jumping, a lot of the classic, you know, you think about a workout class, burpees, squat jumps, all that sort of things. And I was getting really injured and I was working and I was thinking like, this is the highlight of my day and I'm looking forward to it, but I'm leaving and my body's not feeling great. Like my knees are bothering me. I was seeing a sports doctor. I was like, I don't know what's going on. It was like a lot of inflammation in my joints. And that's where the concept of my low impact workouts came in. So it was like, how can I grow this business online, um, you know, scale it and then create my own unique method that is really safe on the body, but is still really effective and fun fun for that's, people to do. That's my number one priority. <laughs> oh, there's so much juice in what you just said. Okay. So you were exhausted at work, but what gave you life is what you poured into. So if you're wondering if like, we actually were talking about this briefly before we started recording, there are some people you hang out with and you, you leave and you're, you feel 10 times more alive. And there are other people mm. you leave and you want to nap. And so when it looks, when she went to go build, when you went to go build your business, you're like, huh? Like I actually enjoy doing this just because you enjoy something doesn't mean you're always going to love it. You probably, I enjoy my animals. I enjoy my home. Mm -hmm. There's, there's mm -hmm. work to be done. There, there's, there's parts mm -hmm. that you don't like, and you made a decision. You, it sounded like you, you were open to possibility. And when we're in a space, when we're, where life is just kicking us in the teeth, you, and you're not prepared to see a new possibility. What I love is that you were open to something. And if the questions she asked were what were in NLP, is known as uh, a directed question. So a question that you want to know the answer to. And so the question she asked herself is what can I do to take this forward? What can I do to make this a business? And those will yield different results. Cause the, how, if you, if you asked her, like sometimes I, I don't know about you, but I get caught up in the, caught up in the how, mm -hmm. how is oh, that going to work? Oh, oh if you ask the how it's like, I'm done. Like uh, the how is what scares so many people out of doing things. I think, I think yep. it's like, 
when you start thinking about all the steps that you have to take to get from where you are now to where you want to be in a year or two years or where you want, you know, to create a certain thing where you want that to be like, I, I even just thinking about that, I get paralyzed. Like mm. I, I, it's so overwhelming and daunting. I think it's like, you got to focus on like what you want to do and then one step at a time to get there and ask people for help. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think even the, even the things you went through, you didn't look at them as like against you. You didn't say, well, you know, I, I'm, I really love fitness, but I'm a getting injured in class. So this isn't for me. You, you looked for another answer. And so if you're, if you're running a business and you're listening to this conversation, it, this, this, this applies to you, this applies deeply to you. It's asking, you know, what can I do? What steps can I take? So if you know that you're presently at position A, but you want to get to position B, the only way you're going to get there is incrementally and in incremental steps. Sometimes we can quantum leap it, but if we expect the quantum leap and then we're like, well, how is the quantum leap going to happen? You're not going to move. You're not going to move. Mm -hmm. But if you knew there was one little step you could take. And so she made some adjustments and she made some adjustments. And then she looks at an online platform and then she's like, well, I've actually been having inflammation and issues. Maybe I could do this low impact. And it, you let it feed you mm -hmm. rather than starve you. And I think that's where a lot of entrepreneurs can get caught up is we get caught up in starvation. How is this not working? Oh my gosh, another thing. I can't believe it versus I can make something scalable. I can make this work for me. How is this for life? Doesn't have to be this hard. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be this hard. You know, you look at some of the world's greatest, most influential thought leaders. They did not have a cakewalk for a life. They just managed their mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's incredible. So you go and you, you're, now you're going to, you're stepping into your business. Like walk me through the, like the days leading up to you making the, cause you said you didn't make a decision immediately. You took a sabbatical. You did things together. Yes. What absolutely. got you to that decision? Well, I launched my business while I was working still full-time in finance and my finance work, like my, 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 you know, my colleagues and my bosses, they thought I was doing this like fun little pet project. Like, they didn't really like understand or give it any credibility. Aren't you um, so cute? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like that. It was mm. like, oh my God, it's so nice. You teach a couple fitness classes on the side, like great for you. Now get back to work. Um, <laughs> So I launched before I quit um, and I really was doing both for as long as I possibly could. I was trying to get as many paychecks as possible. I was saving like crazy. Like I really like, even when I went on that a sabbatical unpaid leave, I, tr I pushed it to as far as I could to get as many more paychecks because I was thinking like each paycheck is going to finance my business another few weeks or months or whatever it is. Um, and then it really got to the point where I was burned out. I couldn't do both anymore. And I didn't feel like I was giving either life, either career, all of me, because there wasn't that much to give. And I was tired and I was, it was just exhausting to do. And I wasn't growing my business as much as I saw that there was opportunity to, because I wasn't giving it a hundred percent of myself. So I took a sabbatical. I really tried to take calculated risks throughout this whole process. I think it would have been really easy for me to just quit my job and hope for the best, but I didn't want to do that. I'm, you know, I am a business background, you know, by education, like, and experience, and I'm all about like conservative risks. So I took a big risk, but it was like really planned out. So I asked for a leave of absence. I took a leave of absence for about six months. Um, and during that time, I gave my finance or my fitness life a hundred percent of me. And it was so incredible to see. It was like within weeks of me giving it a hundred percent of myself, I saw the difference. I saw the growth. I saw the impact. I saw people really connecting. And it was like, wow, like this is so right. It feels so aligned. I feel so in flow. I'm inspired. I feel connected. People are really resonating with my message. And it was clear early in the sabbatical, I wasn't going to go back, but I still waited because <laughs> it was a calculated risk, right? Always calculated risk. I waited until month six to let my work know that I wasn't going to be coming back. And they were confused and they questioned me. They said like, so what are you going to do? Like, you don't have another job. And I said, I'm going to, you know, pour myself into fitness full time. And, and it was still kind of like, you know, haha. Like I did, I think that world just really, People in that world, they've done it for so long. Um, that's all they know. They can't see past like the traditional corporate career um, the way I could. And, and I, 
there was a long time where I questioned myself because of what people were saying around me. But during that sabbatical, during that six months period, I really realized like, this is the life for me. I have to give it a hundred percent of my effort. And I, I did it and I've never been happier. Um, and I gave myself an important thing I feel like to know is I gave myself an 18 month runway where I could do it full time. And if I didn't reach certain milestones, like financially, and if I wasn't seeing that, then I would, you know, reassess, not necessarily go get a corporate job, but just reassess after 18 months. And I feel like it's, it's great when you're starting something new to create timelines for yourself, six months sabbatical, 18 months, like runway to reassess, like financially, if it still made sense. Otherwise, like, you know, you can get caught up and, and you're just, you're not taking that time to reflect and just make sure that you're on the right path or course correct. Absolutely. Okay. More juice. You just have juice everywhere. You're just so juicy and I love it. I, okay. So when you, before you take the sabbatical, you, you announce it yeah. and it, you get that art. Aren't you so cute? Aren't you so cute? Oh. And what I think is so interesting about that is it's like, even though, I mean, I've spent like what, 15 years in corporate, maybe, maybe longer. And what I've learned is that no matter whether it's corporate or whether it's your family or whether it's your best friend or your husband or your brother or your dog, they, they know what they know and they know you as you are. And they know what they, they will say things because they know what's true for them, what they experience. And they will also might speak from a place of protecting themselves by protecting you. Mm-hmm. So your mm-hmm. corporate, your corporate comrades might be like, Whoa, oh, you know, I wouldn't rely on myself to create a paycheck. And it's like, great that you wouldn't, but I could, I will bet mm-hmm. on you. And, and you're the people who are speaking into your life. You got to be cautious of it. So that, that six month sabbatical, when you gave yourself space away from the people that could say things, because even if you don't believe them, there's that, that they said it and mm-hmm. your brain knows mm-hmm. you heard it. And so part and of your you proximity in, to them oh, just reminds oh. you. Yeah. Cause yeah, you know, you know, Ben from accounting said it and you're like, yeah. thanks Ben. Come on. And, and you just got to distance yourself. And I think that what a great little, you created like this little insulation package for yourself, this little incubator to, to see what totally. was possible. And I, I really learned during that process to not take advice from anyone whose life I don't want. <laughs> So (laughs) it was like, I was looking like, you know, everyone in corporate was giving me this advice. And I was thinking to myself, that's great, but I don't want your life. So why would I listen to you? And same with family, you know, like, and friends, it's like, that's all great, but I'm, I'm over here. Like I want a different life for myself. And I, at the time I didn't even really know what that looks like, but it was like, I know I want something more. And, and I know I started, it's not this. <laughs> and I certainly know it's not that. Yeah. And I started to surround myself with people whose lives I admired other entrepreneurs in my, you know, in the city, in my area, people in fitness, I started to connect with them, go to it. Like, well, it was COVID not go to events, but like just connect virtually with people who I looked at them and thought, okay, wow, they've created this, you know, out of nothing, or they've made a major career pivot and now they're on their own. And I really started to surround myself by those people and, and, and listen to their advice because they're, they were closer to what I wanted than the corporate world. And it served me so well. It's, it's just so powerful. Do well, do not take advice from people whose lives you do not want. I mean, there's also people I've learned from. They're like, Hey, listen, I don't have the marriage I want. And this is where I effed up. And that's a different conversation mm-hmm. when you're coming from a place of, I made a mistake, but if you're coming from a place where I am right, sometimes I think how many times did, you know, your parents warn you you're like, well, don't do that. You're like, yeah, but do you, do I want what you want, what you have? Cause I don't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I, and surrounding yourself with people that are more in the, it's not to create necessarily an echo chamber. No, it, but it is to, it's, it's to create something that holds space. Cause if the other people are collapsing it and then, and they're shrinking it, whereas now you're like, okay, well, someone else did it. Someone else did it. Something else you said, what did you say? Uh-uh. Who, oh, you pointed out that you were, you know, exhausted at one point, you know, like you're doing both. And one of the conversations I was having with a client last week was like, who is getting the best out of you? And do you want that group, that person, that project to get the best out of you? If you are grinding for 80 hours a week and your husband, your spouse, your kid, your, your plants aren't getting any of you, they're getting like the tail dripping ends that are like dried and crusty and not very good. Uh, is that really what you want? 
And when you sit and reflect on that, you can like really create a line in the sand saying, well, actually no effing more. Mm -hmm. You you don't get that. That Yeah. That's, that's exactly what happened to me. Exactly what happened to me. I was not giving my finance career a, a great version of me. I was not giving my business a great version of me. I was not happy at home at home I was like short stressed like everything set me off like I was just you know with my husband with my friends and I wasn't even giving myself the best version of me like I was just like struggling in all areas and there came a point where it was like no more I have to make a choice and I got to do it now and and it was the push I needed I think I think I, I maybe needed to get to that place in order to really like commit Absolutely. You uh, like, I think most people actually need an impetus for action. They need an impetus for change. You need some kind of leverage. If there, if there's no pressure on the lever and it's not going to move something, we're not going to, we'll stay complacent. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through challenge and pain and frustration and and fear, fear of making the wrong decision unnecessarily until there's a line in the sand. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, no, until you get so uncomfortable that you can't bear it another minute. Yeah. And if you're in a place where you're feeling complacent and you're, but you don't love where you're at, but you don't feel like you're going to move, find a reason to get uncomfortable. Like what would make you uncomfortable about this in two years if things stayed exactly the same? If you were to talk to your grandkids, if you were to whatever, like if you're not, if you can't get yourself into change, into movement, then what? Okay. I'm super curious. I want to hear more about where life, what life is like for you now. You've done all the things you've gone through all the hoops like, talk to me about what life is like for you now. What's what's it on the other side for Lesia? Oh my goodness. It is amazing. I wake up every day and I'm like, ah, this is the life I want. <laughs> um, I work really hard um, still, but I'm, my schedule is so flexible and I love being in control of it and deciding when I'm going to work and how. So I run my business at full time. So I have my online fitness platform. I'm filming workouts and I'm teaching, you know, I'm filming on-demand workouts. I release a new workout every single week. Um, And then I teach some live workouts, things like that. So I've got the fitness side of my business and then I'm a content creator. So I'm creating content for social media, um, a ton for Instagram, TikTok, big push on TikTok these days. Um, And I work with a lot of incredible brands who share my values um, and share kind of my mission to empower women to feel their most amazing, healthy, and balanced selves. And that is where I, I feel like I'm different than so many fitness um, individuals online. I do not believe in restricting, eliminating um, anything in, in life. I feel like to be truly healthy and happy, it's about experiencing all the things that make you happy. So like, yeah, workout, eating well, sleeping, but also like going out, having drinks, spending time with your girlfriends, like traveling, like that to me is what life is all about. It's not just the, the you know traditionally healthy side so I share that with my community all the time I'm I'm all about balance I'm about living your best life and and that's the message that's really resonating with like everyday women like who are not spending three hours in the gym every day because that's not realistic because they have lives they have families they have kids they have work you know totally and I think that's so interesting like um I'm a I've, I have to restrict certain things because allergies, you know, there's certain things I can't go on the plate, oh, but it's like health wise, that makes sense. But like, otherwise, it's like, what you if know? you got to enjoy life? Yeah. What if, yeah. so if you look at everything that's a living thing, like I don't see my cat worrying about whether or not he gets more or less kibble. He might get a little crazy on the treats every now and again, but he's not worried about it. And then that he basks in the sun. A clam does not worry about being anything other than a clam and existing and being. And, and so often in the human hamster wheel in our minds, we can get caught up in what it looks like when really we talked about this earlier, what it feels like makes the most such a difference. Oh yes. my word. And yes. it, it can sound so trivial. And if, if you're, if you, I didn't get it, I, I, I would say I probably didn't get it until the last like maybe two or three years when mm-hmm. I when I was like, oh my gosh, I can feel good. Like I can feel good. So that's pretty incredible. And what I, and in terms of like nourishing yourself and taking care of your body, uh, if you look at the things that give you life, 
that make you come alive. Sometimes it's a banana, but sometimes it's a, a chat with your best friend. And totally. like, how are you actually nourishing yourself? What's your primary nourishment? If you looked at who, how Alessia was when she was in finance and like, it was no, it's no bueno. Uh, I, it, it, what you're in a place where it's like, well, you're not, no matter how much you worked out or how much you eat healthy, you're lacking wellness, mm-hmm. this huge lack of nourishment in your life because of how things were. Totally. It's, is- it's really about looking at looking at it from a holistic approach, every area of your life. And that includes relationships, that includes how you spend your free time, hobbies, you know, like food workouts, it includes everything. And I am so about, in fact, well, I'm really about focusing on feeling good in every single way. I just finished a 14 day feel good challenge. Um, so yeah, I literally called it that 14 days of feeling good because the whole idea was to wake up every single day and ask yourself, how do I feel today? How do I want to feel today? And what steps can I take to get me there? So sometimes you wake up and you're like, I feel tired. I feel not my best. So, okay, what's going to make me feel good? Is it a workout today? And I would have options, a light workout, a harder workout, or is it calling my friend and chatting about something that's on my mind? And then on other days, it's like, I feel amazing. And I'm going to, I'm going to do the hardest workout. And on other days, it's like, I don't feel my best, but I think I'm just being lazy. (laughs) So I'm going to actually do a workout today. So it's really about tuning in and actually like, thinking about what's going on and making decisions that are going to have you feeling like your best, most energized, happiest self. That is what balance looks like in my world. I'm like, oh my God, when we hear balance, sometimes we think even we think still, and it can Mm. be still, but what if balance was, if, if, if an organism's constant pursuit is homeostasis, there's always movement. And that is the biological wheel of balance is your, is your pursuit of homeostasis. So if you look at what Alessia just talked about, she literally did, you would, you kept nothing superficial. Like there are days I wake up, I'm like, I'm tired, but I'm tired because I, I, I'm just meh. I'm not feeling it today and tired, meh, not feeling it today is for me, more of an indicator of a lack of fulfillment or a lack mm-hmm. of something to look forward to. And that tells me a couple of things. Like, I mean, get, check yourself. Like, is it, is it, like what, what do you actually need? Are you being just difficult? Did you see something you didn't like? Did you not express the feeling? Whatever. But then it's like, well, is that really how I want to stay? Cause there's times where I need to, mm-hmm. the only access to changing my state is moving my body. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is so powerful. Okay. So can you tell us, okay. I mean, you high leveled it, but like what 14 day feel good challenge, how did this roll out? What did it work like for you? What was some of the feedback you got? I'm so curious. So it's actually the third time I've done this type of challenge. It's called 14 Days of Feeling Good. I did it twice last year. And then once we just wrapped it on Sunday. Um, And this was literally me, like last year when I brainstormed it, was literally me being like, I want to bring my community together, but I hate fitness challenges. I like traditional fitness challenges Mm. where you have to work out every 14 or every day for 14 days or 30 days. You have to eat certain things. Like, I don't know about everyone else, but when someone tells me I have to do something, it's the last freaking thing I want to (laughs) do. So I am all about taking the pressure off and just really listening to what I want, what, not what anyone else is telling me, not what, you know, that person saying on social media or this person saying, it's like, really, what do I want? And I want to feel good. And it was as simple as that. It's like, let me bring my community together so we can all feel good. No pressure situation, work out some days, don't work out other days, do whatever you want, but a little bit of guidance in that. So I would have like, um, casual workouts, intense workouts and feel good options to be able to incorporate. And it's just this whole thing of like, it doesn't have to be that serious, like nutrition and wellness. It just doesn't have to be that serious. You don't have to do it no matter what you don't have to like, just be, take it so seriously. I guess it's like, it could be fun and let's just do it together as one community where we're all on the same page and we're all connecting with each other, checking in with each other too. So every day on social media during this, like challenge, I call it a challenge, but it's actually a (laughs) non-challenge. I would ask my community, how do you feel today? Like we would actually start a conversation. So it's like, you know, you're connecting with other people and really 
feeling fulfilled more than just waking up, doing your workout and moving on with your day. Um, and it, it really just in, incorporates really well into my whole like, I, you know, idea of wellness, which is balance. It's no sacrifices. I actually have an entire campaign, um, hashtag no sacrifices. Last year we started it. It was no sacrifice summer. And now we're just running it year round, no sacrifices, which is do what makes you happy. Don't make any sacrifices in your life, but actually, um, really listen to what that means for you. Totally. Cause I, like, I mean, you can reframe a sacrifice, right? Like it, like for me, so I, there's going to be certain things that I'm just no longer, that don't, don't serve me anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's an old habit. Oh my God. I have a very tumultuous relationship with either caffeine or pop. Like I used to really love it, but it, it didn't love me back to be honest. Mm. It didn't love me back, but I had a, ha- I had a habit around it. And mm-hmm. so when I first recognized it wasn't doing me, good, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to give it up. And it felt like I was losing something. And so, I mean, no sacrifices probably means a little something different in your world. But when I had to reframe something that I actually needed to let go of, I was like, no, it's actually for me. And so if you need to like flex the word sacrifice and make it, make it look a little different for you or be okay with participating in everything and anything that serves you, mm-hmm. I think and it'll I, change I, your life. I actually think, yeah. And I, and I, and I think you hit the nail on the head is like, what does no sacrifices mean for you? Mm. Like for you, it would actually be a sacrifice to be indulging in your caffeine habit because then you're not feeling your best, right? You wake up and you, and, and you have a coffee and then you're feeling jittery or whatever it is, maybe anxiety, all the things. And that's actually a sacrifice for you because then you can't be your best self in every other area of your life. Yeah, what right? is the cost? What is the cost of that choice, yes. of that behavior, that habit? Yeah. Let me tell you, liquid yeah. B vitamins have changed the game for me, people. <laughs> like, you want to be a bright, shiny human, look a little polished, feel really good. That changed. I mean, it's not for everyone, but I did not know what I did not know. And like the the habits, they really did. It, it was a cost. It was a sacrifice. It took me, it literally took me out of the game. And mm-hmm. I was borrowing something from the future that wasn't there. And rather than tapping in and tuning in, checking with my body, like what, why am I drinking this? Mm-hmm. why am I having this? And it'll, t- it'll take you out. It's so fascinating. That is so, so fascinating. Alessia, you are a dream of a human. I am so grateful that you are on here. Uh, what's something else you said? Mm-hmm. We talked about nourishing yourself. Oh, they- circling way back. Let's do it. The okay. way back machine. <laughs> um, you talked about calculated risks mm-hmm. and just because I think that also comes forward to when you currently do non-challenges or whatever else, it, whether it's a, a patron who's going to join a challenge or a non-challenge, or whether it's you making a decision, knowing how to make a decision, like what, if you understand, like, it sounds like you really knew that for you to feel confident in pursuing this and rather than getting locked up in, in the thought train of, of self-destruction, <laughs> yeah, you made some choices like, okay, I'm going to save, I'm going to do this. Uh, so walk me through what it takes for you to make a decision so that I'm sure there's listeners who will be like, this is completely transformative and I'm able to make a decision in my life now and take action. So walk me through your decision-making. Like, how do you do it? Oh, that's a great question. And honestly, I'm not sure I've ever been asked that. Um, I think it's really important to know yourself. For me, I needed the safety of knowing that I could go back to my full-time job if this didn't work out. Some people need to dive right in and, and not have that safety net and just like go for it. Because if you don't, if they don't go for it, they're not going to like give it the effort and the time and dedication that it deserves. For me, I trusted my drive and determination enough during that six month period to have that safety net, to know in my mind I could go back, but I didn't want to. So I think you really have to know what kind of person you are. Can you light your own fire to do it? Or do you need the like non-security of having that backup to, to force yourself to like actually go all in? Um, I, I think that's really, really key. I think it's having, for me, it's having a plan um, uh, and a timeline financially and not financially. So like creating like 
in the context of my business, a business model. What were the next 18 months going to look like in terms of operating my business? And then the financing side. And then also what was the financial side going to look like in my personal life? Because of course I was investing so much um, in my business. Um, it was, it, it was tough, especially like, you know, going from the, the stable bi-weekly paychecks to not having a clue when you're going to get paid next. <laughs> and I still, to be totally honest, I have not paid myself a dime out of my business. Every single dollar I make in my business, I reinvest back into it. Um, and that's okay because that's the phase that I'm in. Um, but it, it, it is tough for me. The plan and the safety net and the backup were all really, really important. But I, I, I do admire those people who can just dive in, fingers crossed, and then just pivot if they need to. <laughs> totally. And like, I mean, you are absolutely not alone in, in the, in the calculated risk department. I'm one of those people. Uh, and also I believe Elizabeth Gilbert is, I read one of her books and I was like, oh, so you just made it work. Some people moonlight it, right? They are like, okay, well I'm up at 5.00 AM. I'm going to, I'm going to write my novel for two hours before the day job, which also means you're getting your fresh, clean brain right off the sheets uh, mm. into go mode. And I, I'm like, you know what you really do? You really do have to know, you know, know what makes you move, know what gets you there. If I don't know if this is relatable to you, but I can be so distracted by the lack of stability or safety that I said, I spent time worrying rather than doing. And mm. that doesn't yield results. That doesn't yield results mm -hmm. for me. So if you're one of those people that can just go feet first, have no plan B, amen, all the power to you. And if Agreed. It, and, and go if for it. it. <laughs> right. But if it'll take you out of the game, if it'll take you out of uh, giving your work your best, God, just whatever it takes to give your work your best, do that. Do that. Totally. That's so good. I think one of the biggest lessons I learned in this whole process is to trust myself mm. I I I think like I really feel like this is an advantage I have that I, I I want more people to feel this way that I trust that I will figure it out no matter what whatever problem comes up I'll figure it out I will do whatever it takes and 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 you know it, it might be hard and it might be really scary and it might be overwhelming but I really trust myself to just keep going. And to take this sort of leap, you kind of have to, because it's just you, right? Like the benefit is I work for myself and I'm flexible and I can plan my days accordingly. But then like, you know, the, the negative side of that is it's just me. Like it took me a while to get used to that. I, I don't have someone that I can ask questions to, right? My whole corporate life, I always had a boss, a mentor, someone that I could ask questions that could give me guidance that sort of usually like knew the right answer. And now it's like, there's no one, it's me. And of course, like I can ask my peers for advice and, and, you know, even some mentors and coaches. Sure. But at the end of the day, I'm making a decision. It's my business, my money. And, and that can be really scary, but I trust myself that no matter what, I'm going to figure it out. And I think more people need to need to really like, just lean into themselves. Totally. I love, and it sounds like it's like a, it's a rule. It's a paradigm for how you live. Like mm -hmm. we, we all have rules of life. Like I have mm -hmm. a rule that, that certain things are just easy that I always figure I, I don't know what it is. I do not know. I didn't, ne I never learned how to bake, but somehow I'm like, I'll figure it. Like, it's just the easiest thing. Like, I think we're going to add this. This feels good. And for in, in that world, I just trust that baking works for me. Mm -hmm. And you, I have different rules in different areas of my life. I have a rule that running is hard and I have to work really hard at it. It's not true. Other people are like little gazelles. I think I, ha I have the same rule. <laughs> so I running. need to get, oh. I need to get rid of that rule. It's not a good rule. I, and, well, I don't know about you, but when I start running, it's fine, but it's the starting that is just so freaking hard. <laughs> I can yeah. remember like into like much like you, I didn't really have an access to athleticism. I grew up in the performing arts. Like I was like, I'm on a stage. Like you want me to go put on athletic, like, what do you mean? There's different kinds of running shoes. Aren't they just all the same? No <laughs> newsflash. There's different ones. And in getting to the gym and even getting in the car or getting up to go to the gym can be the hardest part in any decision, in any area of your life. Sometimes those first three steps, the get up, the put on the gym clothes, the get in the car, or literally 
the physical three steps it takes can be so awful. How many of you have ever sat in a gym parking lot and looked at the door and like, mm. mm-hmm. and you, and you kill 10 minutes on Instagram and you're like, well, I, I had an hour and now it's only 15 minutes. So is it really worth it? And you take yourself out of, out of your greatness, essentially <laughs> you, you rob mm-hmm. yourself. The person robbing you is you. And it's, it's so fascinating. Okay. So when, when you're having an off day, like, so you're by yourself, it's mm-hmm. team Alessia and, and mm-hmm. you got you uh, and something's you're having an off day. What do you do? Like, how do you get back in the game? I usually spend time outside. I usually, if I'm having an off day, it's like immediately out the door. I've got to go for a walk. I've got to go to a park. I, I have to um, like get outside of this physical space and get moving. Um, so it's, it's actually the movement piece and the fresh air piece that always comes through for me. If I can do both of those things by water, I'm inspired again. Easy, easy. <laughs> Salt takes. That's oh all takes. God. I don't live by water, but I'll sometimes hop by, hop into my car and drive down to the lake. And it's like, I'm a new person when I come back. Um, that, that's as honestly as easy as that, even though sometimes it feels so hard because it's like when you're having a bad day, it's so hard to get outside of yourself and outside of your head. Um, but it, it, it really, that changes everything for me. It literally fits the most predictable paradigm for human behavior. So there back in the day, back in school, I had one professor that just rocked me. And he said, an organism's behavior is a function of the organism and the environment in which it is in. If you don't like that, if you don't like the behavior of the organism, or you want to predict the behavior of the organism, keep them in the same environment Mm -hmm. uh, or, or change something about the environment to get a new result. And I was like, okay. And so, I mean, we were learning it in the context of like, not so great things like substance abuse or like things that are really mm. hurt, hurt the human heart and hurt the human uh, soul. So I was like, okay, well, where else is this applicable? Well, the truth is everywhere. The truth mm-hmm. is everywhere. And so if you don't, sometimes, you know, you can jump from one fire to a different fire. So you leave one job, you're in finance, you go to a different job. And sometimes the fire's hotter and worse, or sometimes you get a new result. And so wherever you're at in life, like if you don't like the behavior, if you don't like the outcome, if you don't like the thoughts you're thinking, because if you think thoughts are much different than behavior, they're not really, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a step between thought and action, but it, if your thoughts are sending you down that downward spiral, whole, change your environment, get, I mean, get, I'm, I'm pro outside, go outside, yes. <laughs> go hug a tree, go hug a tree, a get smell. some sunshine on your face. Yes. You're basically yeah. a house plant. Barefoot, barefoot in the grass, ground yourself. Yeah. Yes. I love it. Okay. I want to know about some things that if you're like people who are listening, if there's anything, the only things you take away from this conversation, what would be the things or thing that you'd love some of our listeners to take away from this conversation? Hmm. That's a great question. I said it earlier and I really want to emphasize it. It's go where your energy goes, because I think it applies to your career, your relationships, the people that you surround yourself with. It applies to everything in life. What lights you up? What makes you feel really good? What has you walking away feeling like, I loved that so much and just go toward it, like pursue it, like walk in that direction because that's like your body and your mind like even if you don't realize what's happening that's like your body telling you like what you need more of um and I feel like I'm really I did it in my career and I'm really trying to do it in every other area of my life now I'm like wow it worked so well in my career like I just really yeah I'm like it like I'm like it worked so like spending time with people and thinking did this make me feel really good or not so much? Because if not so much, maybe I don't want to see them again. You know, even if they want to see me, maybe I shouldn't do that. Or maybe I should just distance myself a little bit, you know? Um, I really try and have that be like the guiding light in my life is like, what is my energy telling me? And listen to it. Yeah. Where do you come alive? Where do you come alive? That is so, that is so powerful. Cause the truth is there's going to be play, like, you know what, if you're not coming alive there, someone else will like, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's not there. Not everyone's going to love, you know, teaching fitness. Not everyone's going to love designing a home, not ever, but what, 
brings you like literally what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> joy it sounds cheesy, but it's like, it's true. It's well, true. I, we don't I, think about that. Sometimes we, we just do, we just do every day. And it's like, no, but why can't we be joyful in most of what we do? Some things, okay, some things are annoying, fine. But why can't we find joy in most things that we do? We only have one life. So why would we go through it and live without feeling happy? Like, that's what I want. I want everyone to feel their happiest, most joyful, healthiest selves alive. And there is so much reason, so much opportunity and and, and understanding to get that there can be whatever is going on in the world. and you are in the world. You are not of this world. Like you can still be like, you know what life, there's some stuff that's going on. But when you read a book like man's search for meaning and Victor Frankl can come out of that the way he did, it's like, well, perhaps, perhaps I too can have a little bit of joy, a little bit of happiness in my life. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting that I think there's a lot of people who you said the do part, we just do, we do, we do, we do. And how much of that is repetitive? How much is that is, is just on autopilot and, and we, so much. And so if, when joy becomes a habit, love becomes a reflex, uh, not my words stolen from someone cannot recall who they are. Uh, I who love it was. That. but if you, if you do things that are habitually creating joy in your space, Imagine if you, if there, if the world had a little bit more love, like what would it be like? What if you loved your job? What if you loved your coworkers? What if you loved vacuuming? Like, what if you loved it? What if you're like, wow. And love doesn't like, it can be deep appreciation, love, joy, appreciation. They kind of all feel in the same Mm -hmm. realm for me. So to me, it's like, stop, stop with the do for just a second, like just pause. And if you asked yourself, like you talked about in your feel good challenge, you had people like check in with their, with, the, mm-hmm. with their bodies, with their mindsets and, and pick the thing that felt good. And it's not to be flippant or capricious or, or like woo woo. It's none of that. It's literally your body is an extension of your brain. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't, you wouldn't have a reflex. Like it's just, it, you wouldn't. And so to me, it's like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Love okay. It. One more question before we part okay. ways. How, how do you believe? So from the time that from, from where you were to where you are now, in what ways do you believe you're better? In every single way possible. <laughs> in every single way possible. I'm, I'm more kind, I'm more patient, I'm, I'm more uh, understanding, compassionate, empathetic, like joyful, relaxed, like everything fit mentally, emotionally, physically I'm I'm stronger I'm like they're in every single way possible I have grown for the better and every single thing that has happened in my life that I've been through has brought me to where I am today and I really I try and look at the silver lining in all of this you know obviously I was really when my mom passed away it was extremely difficult and I wouldn't wish that upon anyone not even myself however it was the catalyst to where like I am today that was the first thing that happened to me that like really rocked me that made me think about a different way of living and I today am so happy in my life and grateful for for everything that has led me here today even the really really hard things um so yeah I mean it's like I I wouldn't even recognize myself I think if I met myself from 10 or 15 years ago, honestly. Yeah. If, <laughs> if current you met 15 year old, oh, sorry, 15 year ago, you, yeah. or even actually I, it would be for I you. I would probably, have been 15. I'm 30. Would have been, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, I, or even if you, even 12 years ago, when, when the, the big things yeah. happened, it's like, wow. If you got to, t- if you got to talk to that person and be like, listen, Alessia, this is what's going to, this is who you get to be now. I'm pretty sure that version of you be like, that's first of all, they probably ask how, Mm-hmm. And sec- second of all, they'd probably be really proud. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so too. Yeah. I like to think so. Yeah, I think it'd be unexpected. <laughs> the, the twists and turns of life, they would be very surprised. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think so too. I like to think so. <laughs> that is amazing. Okay, anything else? I I would love for you people to be able to find you. I will of course add it to the show notes. So for those of you who are like, I'm driving right now. Don't worry about it. We got you covered. Uh, but where can we find you, and how can we get to be a part of all that you're up to? 
Absolutely. On social media, on Instagram and TikTok, I am at Alessia Sculpt. And then um, my website is www.asculptbody.com. And I have a seven-day free trial. So you can try my workouts for free for seven days. Um, no obligations, totally risk-free. See if you like them. They're great. I promise. I think you'll like them. <laughs> um, and I, I hope to see you on social or on my site soon. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. I can't wait to watch you continue to grow and do the rad shit you're up to. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. If this podcast has landed with you, served you, provided value, or you believe you know someone that it will do that for, please share it, leave a review. Thank you again so much. I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Thank you.